Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. We're at episode number 1,658 today, and thank you so much for joining me for it. Thank you also to the patrons who support the show, including two new patrons this month, Matt Mendenhall and David Bosniak. Thank you so much for joining the community at patreon.com SW7X7, gentlemen. And today we are going to talk about the Galaxy's Edge stuff revealed in Barron's Magazine. This is a last sort of recap episode, and it's basically covering little takeaways that were interspersed here and there throughout the article, which is for subscribers only, but I managed to get a handle on the rest of the content for you. And so I'm going to share some of the impressions and information that were shared in the article that I think are particularly interesting, regardless of whether you're a big Disney theme park fan. Just, you know, it's kind of all cool stuff that ties in not just the theme park experience, but also some multimedia stuff. In other words, connecting to other areas of the franchise. And actually, you know what? Uh, this isn't necessarily going to be the last one because now that I think about it, there's a whole bunch of stuff about the retail side of things, which I thought was kind of interesting. And we may end up touching on that tomorrow along with retail stuff from other uh, parts of the internet reporting world. So enough bladder. Let's dive in, right? All right. So first of all, we know that this is supposed to be a 14-acre expansion, which is the largest expansion in Disneyland history. I guess the Radiator Springs one previously was 12 acres. That you know may have been the previous record, but no, this one's going to be 14 acres. And at Disneyland, which is where Barron's got the sneak peek, it's actually happening in you know, if you look at a Disneyland map and you imagine that the entrance to Disneyland is at the bottom, at the south, like the perfect like compass rose point for south, then the Galaxy's Edge installation is happening in the northwest quadrant of Disneyland. So basically, I guess there are um, three different lands, Fantasyland, Frontierland, and Critter Country, which have sort of dead ends, essentially, but they're actually going to have entrances into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And also Mickey's Toontown, according to the Barron's article, has an entrance into Galaxy's Edge as well, but it seems like that entrance is more of a, a working entrance for you know for crew for staff for workers and so on and so forth but doesn't sound like it's going to be one that's actually a visitor entrance situation another thing that was revealed in the article is that the entrances are actually tunnels for all intents and purposes and it's designed so that when you walk out of the tunnel you're getting a very specifically framed cinematic view as it's described in the article of Black Spire Outpost and I suppose that shouldn't be too surprising that your first view of Black Spire is being very carefully framed I mean ultimately your experience in a theme park is being very meticulously constructed and designed Designed and guided. So yeah, that I guess ought not to come as a surprise. And according to the article, some of the background information about how Black Spire was constructed or designed, the Imagineers, the Disney team, went to places like Morocco and Istanbul and were looking around for inspiration there. And according to Jack Huff, who is the guy who wrote the article, the 
Disney folks were actually taking pictures of things like doors off their hinges instead of what the local guides wanted to show them, which is, you know, all the really, you know, amazing things. No, they were actually looking for the really down-to-earth details, and so it's supposed to have a very lived-in, very weathered appearance when you get there. We also know from the article that more than a thousand workers were working on Galaxy's Edge at the peak of construction and that as of early January, they're down to about 600 workers now. So they are on the tail end of construction and that the workers are actually being told the backstories of the things that they're creating. And according to the article, it's so that it instills pride in their work, which, you know, that... <laughs> That line kind of made me feel a little bit weird, I guess. But um, yeah, I think it's kind of cool that they're allowed to at least know some of what's going on, though it might only be sort of publicly available information. According to the article, security and secrecy you know, are really tight on this thing. And some employers are saying that they haven't even been allowed to bring their family members to look at what's going on, like even at the executive level. So yeah, there's there's some storytelling that's happening. And as for what it is, well, it seems like we would have to draw upon two sources, basically, which would be Solo, a Star Wars story, which got a brief you know check in to Black Spire Outpost as part of the the movie and Thrawn Alliances, which that had the biggest um, featuring of Black Spire Outpost of any canon story so far. And it seems that the cantina, Oga's cantina, is actually the one that was featured in Thrawn Alliances. Although, based on the description of the cantina in the article, it doesn't sound exactly like the description of it in Thrawn Alliances. And no, I'm not being nitpicky about this. I'm just saying that according to the description of the cantina so far, at least according to the Baron's article, it's supposed to be um, comparatively smaller and thus designed to be standing room only. There are supposedly a few booths, but at this point it's not clear how or whether they might be reserved. And the, <laughs> the description of Oga's Cantina and Thrawn Alliances suggests that it's much bigger and has uh, you know, enough tables to you know, seat a lot of people. So yeah, it doesn't quite sound the same, but that's okay. And you know, there's got to be more than one cantina in Black Spire, I would think you want to have healthy competition, right? But yeah, maybe not. Anyway, maybe you shouldn't be too looking too closely at the details here. But supposedly this is the Ogus Cantina in the Galaxy's Edge establishment that we see in Thrawn Alliances. And also in the new Pirate's Peace novel, the new uh, Younger Readers novel that came out earlier this month. And in case you were wondering, yes, you are going to be able to buy blue milk there, although it's said that it's a non-dairy drink. So if dairy is a problem for you, then blue milk at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge will not be a problem for you. There was also a mention of something called a fuzzy tauntaun, which may or may not be an alcoholic drink and may or may not be something that is eventually served at Oga's Cantina. That's a non-confirmed bit of information. It was just something that was reported in the article as being overheard, but they don't know for sure if that's really a an actual thing. Anyway, so 
that is where we're going to stop for the most part. Uh, there is, you know, one other detail about, you know, pipes and tubes and whatnot that may or may not have drinks or what appears to be the drinks flowing through them. And that actually matches up with something that's mentioned in the Thrawn Alliance's novel as well. There's one other fun statistic that is almost perfect, almost. And I'm going to share that with you in just a second. I just want to say... First of all, of course, thank you so much for subscribing to the show if you are already. And if you're not, hey, why don't you? And also, I hope you will consider putting something in the tip jar at patreon.com SW7X7 for me bringing this to you. I'm always going to do it for free, but if you think it's worth buying me a cup of coffee or a cup of blue milk or something stronger, then please do consider doing that at patreon.com SW7X7. And so the last little statistic, there's a mention in the article about how folks are working on some finishing work on the Millennium Falcon there. And the writer Jack Hoff says it was assembled. The Millennium Falcon was assembled from stuff that came in 93 crates. And I was like, oh, it couldn't have been 94. It couldn't have been 94 crates. Come on. It was just so close. So <laughs> it was a amazing to see how that number was just like almost there anyway that's going to do it for today's show again thank you so much for joining me for it as always and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be this podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by lucasfilm limited disney or 20th century fox it is intended for entertainment and information purposes only star wars the star wars logo all names and pictures of star wars characters vehicles and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademarks and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.